Welcome to Yo 11 Minutes. Yo 11 Minutes, mostly Vegas, no BS, casino experience, and more. Michael Traeger is a casino and travel loyalty expert who also helps people turn their travel dreams into reality. And now, Michael Traeger. How's it going, Michael? It's going great. How are you doing? How was your weekend? I am doing good. The weekend was good. Can't really complain. All is well here in Las Vegas. That's cool. Well... I hear you have some news that involves the number 118. Yes, there is news involving the 118, so let's get to it. It is time for the news and the views. The oldest hotel in downtown Las Vegas is celebrating another year in Sin City. The Golden Gate Hotel and Casino marked its 118th birthday on Saturday. The property received a big congratulations from Circa Las Vegas and the D Casino, which are all owned by Derek Stevens. The fan-favorite casino witnessed the birth of Las Vegas after its opening in 1906 and continues to leave its mark in the valley. According to the Golden Gate, the hotel was there for a number of monumental events, from the legalization of gambling to the first paving of Fremont Street to Las Vegas's first telephone. Guests can still take a look through history and access some historical artifacts in the lobby of the Golden Gate. That's it for the news, and now for the views. Michael, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that I'm thinking about the first paving of Fremont Street. So is Fremont Street not paved? It, originally, it, it was not because it was just a bunch of dirt. You know, it was a like western town, just dirt roads. and Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually, in 1906, is like prior to really automobiles being pretty popular, too. I would assume horses and wagons and all that good country westerns. I mean, that's why, you know, you see like like Boulder Station and, uh, you know, you had all these like country sounding uh, casinos at first. They used to be called sawdust joints, right? Because there was always like sawdust on the ground and stuff for people who were violently, I don't know, just, you know, had no telephones, no cars, yep. no pave. No, yep. well, you don't need paved roads if you only have horses. That's actually, I think, that's a detriment to the horses. Not, I am not a horse expert, right? Uh, but that's pretty cool. I, uh, I bet it was uh, neat, and they didn't have to tell anyone to put their phones away at the table, Duh. right? Yeah, no one was taking pictures. <laughs> um, you know, no one was sharing to social media. Um, or anything like that. Well, if someone wanted to take a picture, is the guy had to come in with one of those cameras where they have that like whole black hood that goes on, and then they <laughs> they, they, they have that big flash. The flash. So there's no way to. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no way to like snap a quick picture of your action, right? Yeah, then like it's a, got a <clears throat> four or five days later, they get a, they get that picture developed and they post it on social media, which is pretty much a pigeon just sort of flying somewhere. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. Yeah. That's it is really really cool, and I do love uh, all jokes aside. I do love this history concept because we lose a lot of that in Vegas, and the fact that the Golden Gate, you know, that history is there. And who knows? You know, we've talked about this numerous times before. You know, the Strip, you know, keeps reinventing itself and keeps knocking down properties. So who knows what's going to happen? Like we haven't reached true phase, I guess, phase two of that, you know, where, you know, you lost the dunes to another property, you lost the sands to another property. When you had all of that, you lost the stardust to resorts world. As we know, we haven't had the situation yet where somebody says, yeah, that planet Hollywood, we <laughs> 
time to go. And if you think about it, you know, what was Planet Hollywood? That was the original Aladdin, right? Yep. So you had the implosion of the original Aladdin. Then you got, well, you got the new Aladdin, which became Planet Aladdin. Hollywood. Yep. So so when do they decide that they're going to take down? Those are, got to tell you, those are going to be some massive implosions <laughs> if they uh, do. But we haven't reached that phase yet where someone's like, yeah, we're done with this place. Like, yeah, we got, you know, there's nothing else we can do with it. You know, as opposed to like. I guess what I call like the first generation implosions, right? Like Tropicana, you know, there's a very good chance that we're going to lose Tropicana, but that's, you know, that's, that's basically an old property. So sort of interesting thing. Actually, a really funny tidbit was uh, I was listening again to episode one, the old episodes of oh 500, by, 500 by Midnight, which is wow. 19 years old. And Tim was making predictions that year you know, of properties that were going to go. And <clears throat> and back then, that 19 years ago, Tropicana was on the list. Tropicana seems to have been on the list quite a bit. So, so I mean, it took 19 years, but, you know, his prediction may very well, uh, very well go true. You know, just to, just to be, let's, just, let's join that bandwagon and then let's just form a list of properties that might be demolished within the next 19 years. Uh, just, just in the spirit of that. So we know. You know what though? That's actually a really hard. That's a really hard question in the next nineteen years. Like obviously, Tropicana is an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and but as far as that, you know, what older properties are you going to guess would be demolished? You know, the I don't know, maybe Flamingo. But that's actually the newer version of Flamingo. It's a great. It's a great question. How about Harris? Right. I mean, that's that was the first of, one I was thinking was maybe Harris, maybe uh, maybe the Link because the Link was a Flamingo Capri at one point. It was this then, additional hotel, mm-hmm. and then it became everything else. It became since then Imperial um, Palace. That's right? the most famous. That's Remember most- Imperial Palace? Wow, mm. the dealer tainers, man, the one dollar beers. Oh my goodness! That's right. Good the happy hour. It's no, it, it's very interesting to think about this next generation of the properties that you might lose. Like, we know we're going to lose uh, the Best Western and Casino Royale. I'm pretty sure that's on the way out. I know there have been rumors there, which makes a lot of which makes a lot of sense because that's sort of like great prime land. But I just wonder when we're going to see. You know, Mirage is an interesting one, right? You lose mm-hmm. some of Mirage. You lose a little bit of Mirage with uh, losing the, the volcano. volcano and getting yeah. the new guitar tower, but they're keeping the original towers. Yeah. So that's – you see, that also might be a little bit of the difference too. These buildings that were built, you know, in like from 1990 on, the infrastructure of those buildings is still probably worthwhile to really renovate, whereas when you had some of these old properties – Tropicana is probably a good example – yeah. It probably just isn't worthwhile to try to like clear out the guts of Tropicana and renovate it. You're better off just taking it down. But some of these properties that have like Bellagio is a good example, right? It's, you know, just the architecture, infrastructure, all the kind of stuff like number of service elevators and number of rooms and all of that kind of stuff just lends it, I think, better to being, uh, you know, to to being renovated. So we'll see. Interesting stuff, though. I think it's is when you think about how that that new guitar tower is going to be built. You know that shining light feature, light show guitar tower uh, hotel 
tower, I should say, Guitar Hotel Tower. And then you have it next to the Mirage. The Mirage is going to look kind of out of place next to it. So what I'm thinking that they should do is paint, just repaint the Mirage so it looks like a guitar amp and an effects pedal. And I think that if they can pull that off, everything will just make sense. Oh, my God. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I love that idea. That's great. It's a hell of a lot better than turning Luxor into a Dorito. (laughs) Dude, I had to see that. I had to see that so many times when I'm driving back from work. It's just like, why, though? Like, what? Why? Well, the commercial tie-in is, in some ways, it's absolutely brilliant. But I guess it depends what the commercial tie-in is because they're star. I think on Mandalay Bay they have like some soda or something like that. And like, where do you draw the line? Like, what if like a tampon manufacturer wants to like? Have their, do you wind up with a building with a big tampon? <laughs> I'm just like, I, what you- I imagine there is a Doritos lot. good, tampons bad. I mean, maybe they can just do something with like the strat for that. You know, I don't know what it would be, but I'm sure they could do some sort of temporary frame. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> You're ready to move on. Yeah, yeah. And now it's time for the tease. <laughs> So today we're just talking about can a hotel be exclusive? And since we've spent a lot of time pondering about older hotels, we're just going to talk a little bit about is it possible for something to actually be exclusive that has 2,000 or more rooms? Does size impact something being exclusive? And my, my opinion and my data points for what makes a hotel exclusive and this is totally made up by me, is that a hotel has to have <clears throat> fewer than 500 rooms or suites, has to have a dedicated che- and dedicated entrance, separate dedicated check-in, separate dedicated pool, 24-hour room service, humans that answer the phone immediately. I really like that one. Coffee and tea delivery as a separate component from room service. Doesn't necessarily have to be like a butler, but you should be able to get like on-demand coffee and tea. And also a pressing service. So that's why when you think about it in Las Vegas, that's why a lot of hotels are hotels within a hotel. And and the thing that I started with was, does this matter? And I think this does matter because the most important thing to a guest is their arrival experience in a hotel. That sets the entire tone for a stay. No matter how you feel, if you have to wait in line to check in for an hour or 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes, that is not going to set a positive tone. And it's near impossible to have a hotel with more than a couple of hundred rooms that has a check-in area that will not get slammed sometimes and will have a very long wait to check in. And that it totally impacts your entire stay. I would say so much that little things that might bother you about the room that you get into probably don't bother you very much if it takes five minutes to check in. But if you've waited an hour to check in and then you get to the get to your room and housekeeping hasn't done something perfectly to your room, you're going to be more annoyed. And 
you know, part of this thing is you can tell actually that that some of the hotel companies, because they love to be able to add on fees, have added things like selling VIP check-in, like MGM. MGM will let you use VIP check-in, which is the noir check-in, for paying an extra charge to do that. And obviously, they see the value that people want to not have to wait and want that exclusive experience. But I think it works much better when it's part of the room product. So when it's part of like Wind Tower Suites using Tower Suites Lobby, Aria Sky Suites using the Sky Suites Lobby, Venetian and Palazzo Prestige using the Prestige Lounge, in the non-casino world, like buying club level, like Ritz-Carlton Club and being able to check in in the club. So anyway, that's my thought. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty accurate about this, that no matter what, it's near impossible to have thousands of hotel rooms and be exclusive. Because if you have thousands of hotel rooms, in order for there to be a consistent and perfect level of check-in at front desk, calling down to front desk, even even things like room service or other things, it's near impossible to do because you would never be able to have enough employees to be able to satisfy that, you know, 24 hours a day with all types of demand, especially if you're a property with 3,000 rooms. So that's what I got for you today. What do you think, Michael? I mean, yep, totally on point with that. Uh, the, you know, I've as a visitor, when I would visit out here, you know, I would always see like the upper class uh, members of the loyalty club get that nice short line, or sometimes go into that special, you know, sweet private check-in area and stuff like that. And I would just be, you know, a little bit enraged with jealousy, just a tad. Uh, but but this conversation is a tad, a tad. Um, not to be confused with tad stakes, which don't ever. Don't ever go to Tad Steaks in New York. Um, but what this conversation reminds me of is when you had the idea of the perfect hotel. And I forget what episode it was, but I remember you wanted segregated parking. You wanted parking that a certain class would be a separate <laughs> parking area from the lower class cars uh, or, or something like that. It, it had to be its own <clears throat> parking level just for the highest tier members or something like that. And when you were talking about, you know, what makes a whole- Did I say that? I don't remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You absolutely did, man. Because I remember I was like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that you need your car to not have to deal with lesser quality cars parked next to it? I remember it was a thing. Uh, But it reminded me of that. Um, And so, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you're going to get what you pay for. And and the experience of that is also the same. You know, if you're going to- put in the extra bucks to to get that private check-in, you know, it's going to, yeah, is it going to bite out of your bottom line while you're on vacation, of course, but you also don't have to wait in line. Uh, you know, you just get to walk right in. Someone sees you right away. Perhaps they give you a glass of champagne. They used to do this at Bellagio. There used to be a waiting, uh, there used to be a, a, a VIP area uh, for check-in. Still is. Yeah. It's still there? Okay. I didn't see it unless mm-hmm. I went. Like that door is gone and like it's been replaced that by that shop now that's Kind of outside. They have a they have a different VIP check-in area. But okay. They definitely so they just moved it. it. Okay, it pro- it's probably on uh, somewhere near the VIP parking level. Anyway, um, probably you you'd go in and and they would you know they would check you in and they would give you champagne while you, you waited you know and all that stuff and you know and it was you know they would be there ready with you know your luggage and you know some dude brings it up like it was a nice experience it wasn't my experience it was a friend of mine's experience but I just happened to be there with him when all this happened and so it's it's nicer to like you know arrive in Vegas they sent a limo and everything like it was nice it was freaking nice anyway. So yeah, you got to get what you pay for. Well, but the thing, the main problem, the main problem is that 
you know, Vegas is an anomaly in a lot of ways. Like the largest hotels in like New York have like 1,500 rooms, 1,800 rooms, and there aren't a lot of them. Right. Vegas has many hotels that are north of 2,500 rooms. And it is really hard. Like Venetian Palazzo is like 4,000 4, rooms per property. You know, there's, an, there's like a special dilemma for Vegas because if you think about it, it's really tough you know, what's the word exclusive? Exclusive usually means that limited access, small, or the scale of it is small. And I think it's very hard to have a hotel with 4,000 hotel rooms trying to say it's exclusive. It's like against the term exclusive, you know? So obviously you need to build like special facilities or facilities within to make it you know, to make it exclusive. I don't think that's a thing. I mean, what do you think of the psychology of, you know, this, the psychology of people like being annoyed by their room or being annoyed by little things. You see, I am completely convinced that somebody who shows up, gets handed a glass of champagne and checks in really quickly, albeit that tends to be at the nicer properties where people have nicer rooms. But setting that aside, I think those people are less likely because they've had such a positive check-in experience to be annoyed by, I don't know, a wandering microscopic hair in the bathroom or something like that, you know, where you see if you read TripAdvisor or things that people complain about. Because I think, honestly, when people are annoyed at checking in, then they're looking for additional things to be annoyed at. And let's let's face it, even in like the best hotels like Wynn or any hotel, there's always some minor housekeeping failure that you could probably complain about if you wanted to. But if you're in a great mood and you've checked in, you probably aren't really looking for that. Anyway, I I, I think that there's a huge factor there. I mean, I think people who are pissed off when they arrive are tend to find more th- additional things to be pissed off about. Indeed. Also, I just want to give a shout out to SD to Las Vegas on Twitter, who appreciated the steak knife story last week. So thanks, SD2 Las Vegas. Uh, and also Yes, to- and by the way, that's one of the things I love about doing this show with you. Shout out to Bovestro. One of the shout outs to you is that that I, I thought that that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that the new story is the steak knife. But of course, it's interesting. You know, other people, it's, it's, it's a broad world of interesting things. But yes, a man on, on the loose with a steak knife is, you see, we keep coming back to it. So <laughs> I thank you, Movestro for enlightening me with things that I might not think would be of interest. <laughs> you know, even if only that one person found it interesting, I feel like I've done my job. You know, I feel like I felt meaning in this entire podcast uh, of just one person appreciating the state. No, 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 it's great. It's great. But it also, it's it's perspective. And I, you know, that is something that's that's really, really important. And sometimes we don't get enough of especially in the Vegas world is is different is different perspectives is that I tend to find that there are a lot of people talking about the same things or the same perspective so I like that you know change it up a little bit agreed and that's going to do it for this episode luxury travel booking travels orc travel visit us at travelsorctravel.com to plan your next amazing vacation and please join the conversation on social media you can find us easily all social platforms are at travelsorc we'll see you next time